You're listening to a DM podcast. G'day, pod lovers, podcasters, podlings, and welcome to Behind the Podcast, the podcast that opens the studio doors and takes a peek behind the microphone to tell you, the listener, the producer, the creator, the aficionado, what's happening in the podverse. I'm Jules, and with me, as always, is Stocks. Hello. In this week's episode, we take the time to dive into Cast's meteoric rise and huge fall. Alrighty, Stocks, g'day. How you doing, mate? You well? Yeah, really well. We're here in the nice air-conditioned studios of Diamantina Podcast Network. Chilling out, having fun as the world burns. That's right. Only a couple of face-to-face before I take off over to Scotland and... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll miss these close contact podcasts of ours, but no doubt we can rely on the wonders of such Riverside FM. Riverside, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, look, good to see your face. Not only is the world burning, but the podcast world is burning. Yeah. So, it's not all the time that we get stories kind of this big within the, the podcasting universe. And certainly, this will be a bit of a departure where we're not wholly focusing really on Spotify. We may not even mention them. Yeah, this broke late last week and it was instantly the biggest story of the year. Yeah. So, we're going to deep dive on. Cast Media, cast with a K. Yeah. And basically, we'll just run through what's happened. Yep. And I th- it's fascinating. This is the perfect intersection of um, stupidity in running a business, um, deceit, uh, stupidity in being a business person, uh-huh. fraud, share price, manipulation, uh, all sorts of things. Wow. All the things we love. I mean, that's quite an entree there. Uh, yeah. So, how about we start just from a bit about Cast Media? I mean, these uh, sort of you know seemingly big company that, that came up and was making plenty of headlines. What can you tell us about them? Yeah, so Cast Media it's a big podcast network, and when we say podcast network, what they do is they provide advertising revenue for podcasts. Yes. Yeah. So if you sign with Cast Media. And there's some big shows you'd know of, Theo Vaughn's podcast. Yeah, so Theo Vaughn, big, big stand-up comedian in America. He, um, just yeah, to give you the full history on this dude, he appeared on on The Real World, um, those sorts of like MTV shows early on, and then had like a, a stand-up career, which has just gained more and more popularity. Yeah, it runs the podcast as well, does a whole bunch of uh, audience engagement sort of things as well, which are very, very popular. So Cast Media is run by a, a guy called Colin Thompson, and we'll get into him in a sec, but basically what you've got is these Joe Rogan adjacent stand-up comedians who do podcasts. So yeah. Theo Vaughn, Brendan Shaw, Brian Callen. Yeah. People like that are all sitting on cast. Yeah. So so anyone, you know, a lot of people obviously know about um, Joe Rogan, but he does have a bit of a rotating bunch of guests, comedians who come on the show. You will notice some regulars who who show up all the time and he's got definitely some people he likes to call upon, you know, I suppose maybe if there's a bit of a gap they need to fill or just to have some fun with a comedian. Well, they've all just got the same DNA and they, and what it is is it's these long form conversations. Mm. So Theo, Theo Vaughn's podcast is an interview podcast called This Past Weekend and it, it's, it's really, uh, really popular all around the world, all yeah. around the English-speaking world. And then Brendan Schaub has a various array of podcasts. He's got The Fighter and the Kid with Brian Callan. He's got Below the Belt, Golden Hour, and Big Boy. Yeah. So, look, that's the background of who Cast Media is. 
And basically what they do is they sell advertising on these podcasts. So what they do is they sign, if you sign with Cast Media, they represent you and sell ad space on your podcast. So when you see all these ad reads, they're coming via Cast Media on deals that they've brokered. Yeah. And then Cast Media takes a percentage of it. The way Cast Media works on these bigger podcasts is they sign them to a minimum guarantee deal, which we'll get into. But basically yeah. what they're saying is come sign with us and we're guaranteeing you a minimum amount of income yeah. over the course of our agreement. Which in the world of podcasting isn't something that you always hear about. And, and certainly, you know, this might be afforded to some people who are really huge huge um, but then there's the kind of like next tier down that might not kind of get that sort of you know those sorts of guarantees okay so where did this all blow up well you might have heard about this last week when theo von posted a 10 minute video a viral takedown yeah of cast media a lot of times in business practices especially in like um entertainment stuff a lot of people are able to snake away and they're able to slip through and use tactics and uh, shell games and bullshit. Um, but you fucked with the wrong rat, homie. I have a voice. Saying that they owe him 400 grand yeah. in income and they owe over $4 million yeah. in income to a whole bunch of podcasters, including $1.6 million to Brendan Sharp and his various podcasts. Yeah, so not just a sort of you know invoice that's been lock- lost in the... Uh- <laughs> in the in the outgoings in the accounting department it's significant amounts of money yeah and then the plot thickens here because podcast one has just spun off a podcast company called live one and it ipo'd last week mm-hmm. so all of this happened around the time of the ipo so we'll get into all of that as well so there's these huge implications yeah. but maybe there's some reasons why certain behavior was happening and then mm-hmm. when what theo von did basically has killed this new company yeah share value by sort just of 70 percent in days so look let's let's jump into it let's do it okay so the situation basically is cast media is running in debt and it can't pay its talent so essentially it's bankrupt Mm -hmm. so they've got all these people who they've promised money to who've done the work and they haven't been paid basically then podcast ones come in and said we can bail you out we'll buy you um and we'll buy your debt and we want your talent and so podcast one really wants the talent yeah. on their roster so that when they go and IPO, they can say they've got Brendan Schaub, they've yeah. got Theo Vaughn, they've got some of the biggest podcasts in the world. They've already got some good stuff, but this, you know, Adam Carolla, people like that, this really pushes them over the top, get a great share, have an IPO, share price goes through the roof. We're all rich on paper. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so- that's the thing, like with a lot of these kind of IPOs, you don't usually have, like they usually, you know, it's a tech company or it's, you know, whatever kind of company it is that's that's going up here. They don't often have big name celebrities involved with them. And so this is something that's very appealing for a company to say like, these are the people that we look after. Everyone knows them. There's a lot of equity that they get, you know, because of these people, the potential buyers of their shares will say, oh, fantastic. I know them. They're super popular. My nephew listens to them. I listen to them. My daughter, whatever it might be. The the money shot you want is... Brendan Schaub and Theo Von ringing the bell at New York yeah, Stock Exchange. Absolutely. So that, that's what you're going for and that's what pushes things through the roof. Anyway, so the podcasters basically all found out recently that they were short of money. They were underpaid and they weren't going to get paid. So then when Podcast One came in, they said, come and sign and stay with us. Come across to Podcast One and or Live One and we, we won't be able to pay you, but we'll give you shares in the new business. So basically... It's a stock on nothing yeah. kind of offer. And the thing is, great, we gave you shares in this company, but you can't get it out for two years yeah. because it goes into escrow. So you can't just do an IPO and cash out the next day. Yeah. Right? It goes, these shares go into escrow and they have, it's a two-year outcome. Yep. 
So that's when you say you're, you're paper rich for two years and then you've actually got to run the business. It's got to actually be actualized and those, those founder shares then take two years to get out of escrow. If you're already someone like Theo Vaughan or, or Brendan Schwab who are you know owed a considerable amount of money, this is a risk that they might not want to take to, yeah. to have well, this deferred two years down the track. The other option is you let, you let cast go bankrupt. Mm. And then you never get your money. Yep. So this is like... Rock in a hard place. Rock classic, in a hard place. Classic rock yeah. in a hard place. I had a look into Colin Thompson. So Colin Thompson is the guy who started Cast. Now he claims that he stood by creators like Theo Vaughn in the early days because Theo Vaughn's quite red hot with some of his uh, conversations. And particularly when you get him in a long form, he's a southerner, he's got some pretty red hot opinions. And you know, Colin Thompson has claimed that they stood by... Uh, Theo Vaughn in the early days when other organizations wouldn't have. And he's really proud of that and he thinks that's something that should have a lot of value. Now, he was a musician. He claims to have been a musician. So that may mean he views talent through a different perspective. More archaic business models, record labels, very onerous deals they have with the talent and they just don't treat talent the same way that podcasting does in terms of the digital world Mm -hmm. we live in. But he blames the situation on CPMs, which is uh, cost per thousand downloads. CPM rates dropping by over 50% over the last 12 months. Now, CPMs are down. They are not down 58%. So, that's, that's bullshit. Yeah. But there's evidence. Well, all these podcasters have come out and said he's been a late payer since as far back as 2018. Yeah. So, basically what's happened is he's been paying late, pays a month late, then sometimes two months late, then three months late. And you kind of just get used to it not. Yeah, yeah. Being on time, you got to chase him and the money sort of eventually shows up. It has that sort of Ponzi scheme-y vibe yeah, yeah, type of thing person. to it. But I mean, that should be a red flag instantly that no one's running their business on time. So how did it spiral out of control? Well, apparently he ran his accounts via Google Sheet. Mm-hmm. Often uh, man- business managers would ask for statements of what was owed and they get different amounts for the same period. It just sounds super dodgy. Like just pay... F- the 35 bucks a month for zero, mate. Like, <laughs> like it integrates with your bank feeds and you just reconcile it. It's this is so not easy. a paid read for zero, we like must point out. Google Sheets, oh, Quicken, whatever, QuickBooks, yeah, anything, yeah, yeah. you know. And then people started sticking up, their heads up, and he threatened these podcasters with defamation action if they spoke about this and ruined the IPO, the potential acquisition, and then the IPO. Yeah, I mean, this is the, the sort of movements of a desperate man, I suppose. If you know you've got this potential get-out-of-jail-free card, literally, you know, you, you're going to try and do everything you can to make it happen. And it's, it's a quintessentially American story as well. Where yeah. else can the bad man go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sue the shit out of you if you report to anyone <laughs> yeah. how, how bad I am, even though you're an independent media publisher and you go say on your own channels that you've created yes. that this i'm not getting paid yeah you spit facts so you know how did cars actually fall apart well a few things it's a mismanagement of business the classic overpromised and underdelivered. i mean there's a, there's a real case that you could say he got his margins wrong mm-hmm. a lot of evidence he spent money on himself uh spent a lot of money on a lavish lifestyle lots of holidays to hawaii Owns some nice houses, owns some very, in very sort of bougie celebrity parts of town. Yeah. So it seems like the spending's been there. But what seems to have really done him in is his minimum guarantees that we talked about. So, like a minimum guarantee is, yeah, you sign talent and you say, I think, Theo Vaughn, that I can make you 100 grand a month. So if you deliver four podcasts a month and you hit this number of views, it's on me to make you 100 grand. Yeah. Okay, we've done one deal like this. 
you, you, you do your math and you, and you, it just people like this certainty that you go, particularly if you're a stand-up comedian and you're normally getting paid cash for doing gigs and you've got a tour. I mean, this is gr- unbelievable that yeah. someone's going to stake you 100 grand a month. All you do is bang out your podcast and give, do the ad reads he gives you. And we should say as well, like a lot of these stand-up comedians have really sort of gone hard on the podcasting space. You know, obviously um, there's Mark Marin and all that sort of stuff all those kind of people trailblaze this but what they've created a lot of these comedians who are around now is this kind of is this ecosystem where they all go on each other's show they all go around there's a similar kind of uh, narrative thread that goes around a lot of these things they reference each other's shows they're all there for each other and they've you know built up this the network effect quite a bit yeah, yeah that's right so there's a lot of graft that goes into it yeah and you've seen a similar thing with the Andrew Hoopman Lex Friedman mm. that sort of space with all these sort of health and uh, yep. knowledge podcasts doing a very similar thing. So, with, yeah, with these minimum guarantees, he's used it as a tool to sign people and obviously sign some big names. And at a certain point, I guess, with the IP potential sale coming or with the wall coming and mm. the sale being his way out of this, he's got his numbers wrong, yeah. basically. But he's, he's just doubled down in, in classic sort of – in classic chump behavior, really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this guy clearly has no – no business experience. So I went into his LinkedIn. So this is a big factor as well. He he started digitalizing archives from analog at Wheaton College in Illinois, which was his uh, alma mater. Uh-huh. Uh, so he managed to somehow, after doing his degree, parlay to a job at uni. The next thing he did was he was a piano teacher. Quoting, I teach private music lessons on students on a weekly basis. I focus on teaching piano, but also teach composition, theory, and beginner drums, guitar, and ukulele. I mean, there is obviously a lot of crossover between beginner drums and the world of business. So I don't think that's to be undersold there. It's a very important uh, aspect of of starting out a life in the the business world. (laughs) Yeah, and then this just shows that he actually didn't have music industry experience. Mm. He was teaching musicians and I dare say, how do you say, low-level musicians? And then he had a reading academy where he, quote, conceptualized a whole new process to practice sight reading by getting students new material in their email inbox every day. So that's it. And then he started cast in 2016 and to the moon. I mean, look, I'm guilty of the same thing of starting a business at an opportune moment and, and bearing the fruit from that. I'd like to think I've got you know, our team here has slightly more business now <laughs> than him, but he's achieved more than us. Um, he has no real business experience here as well. So, hence things like the Google Sheet and things maybe just growing too quickly. Yeah. Um, not really understanding what he was getting into with these um, minimum guarantees. Yeah. And maybe over-promising, under-delivering. The greatest mistake you can make in any yeah. business, which is over-promising and under-delivering. And then it's also turned out he's hiding his assets from bankruptcy. So, for example, house he bought for 1.7 mil, he's put it in a trust that's owned by an LLC, which he owns. So, he's trying to hide assets as well. So, I think he's known the walls coming here. I always like this sort of balance between someone who doesn't have the business now that they need, but also you know, enough to set up shell companies and limited liability corporations, just mm-hmm. really make sure that you know their stuff is safe and secure, but everyone else. Cunning enough. Yeah, just cunning enough. So, really, like, how did this? How does this happen in terms of from the other side? I mean, these guys obviously a bit of a charlatan, a bit of a con man. Doesn't yeah. face up to the situation he was in. Has seen the way out of his situation, which was a company that was not making money, 
and just simply wasn't delivering on what it said it was doing, was spiraling to massive debt by just doubling down, finding a way out by acquiring more talent, by doing even more ridiculous minimum guarantees to acquire more talent and then finding a buyer in podcast one who's looking to acquire yeah. to then raise their IPO value and to acquire I mean, it truly, it truly is that classic Ponzi scheme, isn't it? Mm. You know, you, you're taking on and you, you take the money from the first person, the next person comes in, that pays the first person and, you know, so on and so forth. So that's really what he's done here and it's caught up. Yeah, and it's, I mean, at its core, it's a middleman business. Basically, what he's doing is he's acquiring ad campaigns that someone else is fulfilling and he should be taking a clip. So he should just be running a margin business, like a nice middle middleman margin business, which is of great type of business to have where you're just clipping the ticket and you're in between and you're brokering the deals and you're making sure everything's delivered and you're managing the payments and you're distributing the dispersing the the money when it comes through and everyone understands that that's your role and that's where you should be making money he wasn't actually doing anything like producing shows Mm -hmm. commissioning shows giving him any strategy but look uh, is the talent blameless here I mean, how does this happen? Like most of these guys are stand-up comedians. Yeah. Firstly, stand-ups aren't traditionally the most business-savvy people. No, but you know they, these guys at this level all have managers and things like this. So it's surprising that someone hasn't you know done a few checks and balances on these deals. So Brendan Schaub said basically he had almost no ongoing relationship with Cast with anyone at Cast, or and their agent didn't either, and they just found out about. Colin Thompson basically by word of mouth. It's the classic, you're at a stand-up show and sort of, hey, Theo, guess what? You talk to Colin from Cast, he made us like 1.5 mil last year. It's like, holy shit, sign yeah. me up. Yeah, hook me up. Yeah. And there's a lot of those sort of conversations is how that happens. So there is also a bit of, sort of do your own research or, I mean, I always wondered how much money these guys were making, all these sort of YouTube podcasters and you're getting a nice little insight into this by seeing how much they owed yeah it's a lot of cheddar i guess in some bad news for the bad guys or yeah. some good news for the good guys uh the podcast one live one ipo uh, has fallen from an initial share price of eight dollars last week to $2.67 as we are recording this. Interesting that it's still getting the $2.67. <laughs> Who would have thought that had gone right down to a big fat zero? And they're distancing themselves from Colin. Yeah, okay. So that's the news. If that's not a, a story worthy of its own true crime <laughs> podcast, I don't know what it is, Stocks. I mean, it's got it all. And I no doubt a lot of these guys will be keen to tell this story because essentially this thing's already sunk, right? Like there's no, there's no bringing this back from the dead. Like... I, th- I think that, you know, with the announcements that Theo and, and Brendan have made, what's the way forward here? Well, Brendan's jumped on board yeah. um, um, with Live One. And when the press release came out, it listed him and all his shows there. So he's gone, this is my only way out of this. Yeah. So they're going to hope, I guess, long term it happens. And cast is RIP. Yeah. And the piano teacher, ukulele teacher, is up Might there. Going with- back to teach the blues. <laughs> And Jones joins the list of Fire Festival, Billy, uh, yeah, yeah. and other great people. I, th- I think you're right. Unfortunately, there's probably no footage of this, but it would make a great true crime podcast. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. All right. Well, let's keep an eye out on that. I mean, look, uh, in all sincerity, we hope that everyone who's owed money gets paid um, in these sorts of situations. Like, it sucks when you put in the effort and you do all that work and you've been you know, working in confidence that the people who have made these deals with you are doing the right thing by you. So... Maybe it's just a little bit of a, a, a wake-up call for the industry. If someone comes along and promises you guarantees, 
you know, don't take that at, at face value. Do a little bit of research into who's supporting this and how they're able to give you those sorts of guarantees. Yeah, yeah. And I guess look who's underpinning the deal flow uh, and who's getting paid. Ask the questions. Yeah. Don't just ask how much did they make for you. Ask if they actually paid it. As, as we've said before, this is just another sign that podcasts are becoming big business when you're getting your Bernie Madoff of podcasting yes someone sees opportunity yeah, there yeah. they're not necessarily able to execute properly but there's yeah. opportunity but these figures are real big you know it's big money podcasting is is a real business yeah and um having real real crime all right well thanks for mandy for editing uh as usual and for producing this wonderful show i'll be back in the studio next week for our final face-to-face one looking forward to it stocks yeah yeah we might have to have a couple sherbies or something oh that sounds good break to me. the uh break the four point rule yeah yeah yeah, definitely I think we're uh, throwing that little rule book right out the window alright we'll have a little bit of fun and do a regular episode alright thanks everyone for listening bye bye